Hello everyone, what's up and welcome to another episode of the Commit First Podcast. Um, so today on the show we have Yoav Oren, a very good friend, um, and we go way back all the way to the days of SimilarWeb. Um, and Yoav, we, when we met, you were um, working in sales at SimilarWeb, um, managing Team leader. Uh, well, I don't know what the role was, right? When you uh, the, the, first of all, uh, great to be here, Segi, and great to be with you. Uh, always happy to see you. Definitely. Uh, and Thanks. even happier to see you right now with a mic and, and earphones properly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and as, as you said, we go way back. Um, my first role at SimilarWeb was actually head of China. Head of and, China. And people would make fun of me as if I was walking down as the emperor, <laughs> head of China. It was a strange uh, title. But yeah. yeah, I came in to really establish the, the operations uh, for China and the company. Uh, mm-hmm. At the time, we weren't doing anything uh, with China. So the first role was really building up a, a data infrastructure for the company in China mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to make sure that, um, you know, SimilarWeb, of course, measures the digital world in order for SimilarWeb to show uh, any uh, information about what's happening in the web in China. In China. We had uh, to have yeah. certain uh, threshold of, of data yep. partnerships uh, in China. So that was the first role, was really setting up these data partnerships mm-hmm. in China. Nice. And then uh, later I transitioned into managing the commercial operations in China, mm-hmm. uh, closing massive deals with uh, the giant uh, tech companies of China, such as Baidu, as I just told you about, Alibaba, Huawei, and, uh, and oh, so forth. It's awesome. Um, and now you're a co-founder of a very successful startup called Zug. Um, and um, this is a freaking awesome startup, completely different than what you've done at SimilarWeb. Um, and you've done such a, you know, you've, you've, came, you've come such a long way. Um, because being a startup entrepreneur is not easy. And I remember you told me the story of how you guys like started and um, you and your partner and how you, uh, how you even started with like one idea and you met your partner and you like, you, you started with idea in mind and you had to switch with COVID. Um, it, it took a long time. So I know we can talk about that for like hours. Um, I would want to just kind of though focus on a few highlights throughout the years. One is China before similar web, mm-hmm. right? Because you had your experience in China. Um, also a martial artist like myself. And um, actually you're like, you're way stronger. I think you can kick my ass now. Probably you, not. You didn't, you didn't beat JJ. Like you can kick my ass and throw me to the ground and then like rip my head up or something. <laughs> anyway. Um, I come in peace. If you guys are hearing this like audio style, like you obviously a freaking beast. Um, and he, yeah. So anyways, let's, let's take you back to China. What were you doing in China for a second? Let's talk about that. And uh, what brought you there and what, um, what was your experience? So I have had several periods in China and every period, I guess, was completely different. Uh, what I think is also, when I think about it, it's also a testament, uh, I guess, to the fact that I'm doing, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm doing something completely different than I did previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but such was, you know, my experiences in China. Um, as you said, I've been a martial artist uh, for most of my life. I've been doing martial arts uh, consecutively for over 30 years now. Wow. It's pretty amazing yeah. when you think about it. Um, and very, various different styles, mm-hmm. different periods. I, I practice different styles. <laughs> and from a very young age, I think it's probably the earliest memory I have. My dream was to go to China and study mm-hmm. martial arts 
uh, under a, a master in China. Nice. And it's one of these things that it's, it's interesting because, you know, not a lot of us have childhood dreams that we actually carry out, mm-hmm. right? That we really carry from childhood. Like think yeah. about what you wanted to do when you were, you know, seven years old. You probably wanted yeah. to be a in police, China police officer or whatever. Forward. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah we had the same dream. Yeah. Amazing. 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 So yeah. this was like my, my North star. I knew yeah. that. Um, and I remember like during my military service, I was worried to, that I would, the dream would suddenly, you know, appear childish to me, mm-hmm. that I'll grow out of it. I don't, yeah. I don't want to lose it. So I remember yeah. in between, like we'd come back home. Um, I'd practice just to make sure that uh, the fire is still there. That yeah. Keeping the flame alive. By the way, where were you in the military? Uh, I was on a small commando unit, uh, okay. combat soldier, uh, interesting service. Uh, I was actually wounded in action really? as well. What? Yeah. Shot. Yes. No of, way. Yes. What? Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that yeah. story. And that's why we're having this podcast. So a lot of stories. Really? Yeah. You were shot? Yes. No shit. Yeah. Don't ask me where. No. <laughs> Don't ask. Um, but, um, wow. and, uh, after recovering, um, I remember I, I decided I got an amazing opportunity to go to New York and work for work on Wall Street, actually for a consulting firm, mm. uh, which is a crazy thing because I didn't know anything about anything. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's one of these things, you're an entrepreneur, I guess, in, in spirit and in heart, you're like, okay, I'm going to go for it and yeah. figure it out when we get there. But I went to New York and um, put on a suit. I remember uh, my boss then, Evan Baxfielder, who was my, our first investor in Zook, Oh, actually nice. taught me how to he would tie my tie in the bathroom <laughs> i had no idea how did you get this opportunity though um i met the founder in israel okay and he was like oh you like a great guy you should come intern for me I'm like I'm, I'm there wow. we're gonna do this wow. so i did that but i left literally to go make money so i can china and live yeah. out my lifelong dream of practicing martial arts in china um and you know along this journey you get a lot of you get sidetracked a lot. Mm-hmm. And I remember all my friends were uh, post-military planning their trip to South America. Right. And I said, you should come with us. And I was like, yeah, I should definitely go to South America. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'll go to South America. I'll travel for like 10 months and then I'll go to China. I'll do it mm-hmm. later. Like I'll, I'll, yeah. somehow I'll, I'll, work the, I'll work the pieces out. I remember I was walking in New York one Saturday afternoon. And this is, we already had the plan, like the, the trip planned, got tickets, everything to South oh. America. Mm-hmm. I was walking down the street and I physically stopped in the middle of the street and I said, holy shit, if I don't go to China now, I am lying to myself. Mm. I'm being dishonest with myself. And that day I canceled my trip to South America, bought tickets to China, one way trip to China oh. and left to China. Oh. And, and that's, you know, what happened in China was also not easy because when you have a dream, you know, a childhood dream, you paint it and very specific colors, mm-hmm. right? So I pictured going to China and studying in this beautiful mountainous region yeah. and I'd have a, you know, a teacher that wore long robes and have a beard and somehow the yeah. beard would be connected to his eyebrows <laughs> and, you know, the whole, the whole shebang, right? Yeah. Um, there'd be mist and dragons and Shaolin <laughs> monks flying in the air between <laughs> rooftops. And I got to China and I, eventually I, I went um, to study in the village where I, where I ended up um, so I studied previously in Israel, uh, the head of my style was living in New York and I studied with him mm-hmm. in that period when I was working in New York and he said to me, listen, we really want you to go to this specific village, uh, mm-hmm. called, uh, Chenjiago in, uh, Hunan province. 
oh, okay. and study the original style of the Tai Chi called Chen style Tai Chi. Wow. And I'm like 22 years old. Like Tai Chi, man, I'll do that when I'm 50. Like I'm not <laughs> doing Tai Chi. I'm, I'm here to do hardcore Kung Fu. Yeah. And he was, you know, adamant about it. He's like, you really need to study this style wow. and bring it back and teach your teachers. <laughs> and I was a good boy. So I listened. So I went to Chen Jiago, the origin of the Chen wow. style and study under Chen Arhu, this 12th generation disciple of the Chen family. <sighs> wow. Um, and this is and this is in the Hunan province. In Hunan province. Hunan, wh where is that? Uh, not too far from the Shaolin Monastery, about two hours. Okay, got it. From Shaolin, um, oh. but different style. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but I got there, and the, I guess the hardest thing was that I had to, you know, my teacher um, was fat, <laughs> wore like Adidas shorts, you know, Nike sneakers, had a torn T-shirt, crew cut, uh, and had a constant cigarette dangling from the side of his mouth like smoked like two three packs a day like wow. crazy but moved like the devil like by definition the best in china um the by definition that the eight what are the eight grand masters of the chin style uh in the world oh. and and i had to make this quick you know adaptation because also chen jago and, and wenxian county was a shithole mm. like no mountains <laughs> you know uh -huh. it was you know no mist Glad. there was pollution a lot of pollution that was uh -huh. the mist and you had to like say okay this is not what i dreamed of yeah how do i quickly adapt and and you know still you know make amends with china the way it is today and mm -hmm. i have to adapt and not the other way around and i ended up having phenomenal experience training nice. for months uh, you know eight ten hours a day and i i went back every year in, in between wow. semesters, I used to go back to train with them. Wow. Um, eventually became uh, his official disciple, wow. which was exciting. Uh, eventually taught in China under him as well. He called me over to teach beginner students. Wow. Exciting. I remember the pictures that you showed me in similar yeah. web even, like when you were teaching. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Huge part of my life. Still awesome. today. Wow. Yeah, and I can talk about this for hours, but yeah. Uh, but then, so you had this experience in China, right? Um, I think like one insight is like you had kind of like shown integrity towards your dreams, right? Yeah. I think that's something, you know, very unique. I, I can say that I also am lucky to have had this kind of experience where um, I was in India and I knew I was like, maybe I should go to China, you know, and practice Kung Fu. That was like my dream. And I figured out like I found this place uh, online before I flew out, but I didn't have a ticket to China. And then something happened on the trip and I, I had a fight with my friend over there and we separated, I found myself alone in, in, in India and I traveled alone in India, it was amazing. I was like, why not go to freaking China? Like, why not live up to my dream? So I bought a ticket to China when I was in India, got the visa and everything, spent like two weeks in Delhi, which is New Delhi, which is like a very weird place. Yeah, but there, was, of course. And, uh, and yeah, and, and I flew out to China alone and took the train to like 15 hours south of Beijing and then a couple of more like mini buses and like find myself in the mountains. Like, and I was, I spent one month, it's, it was only one month, but still like very intensive, like one month, uh, with Shaolin masters and in the mountains, beautiful area. That was actually, the you did like, it, man. Yeah. That was, that was <laughs> the, the robes, the mountains. Yeah, like, the robes, you got the whole, um, the whole nine yeah. yards. So but that was, that was cool. But that was only, yeah, that was only a month. And then, uh, traveled in China, traveled uh, for another four months in China, which was, pretty cool amazing but um i think 
I remember back then it was like, I felt, I was like, oh my God. Like, I remember like living in the moment and saying, I'm living up to my dream. I'm living my dream. Crazy. You know? And I'm like, if I'm living my dream now and I'm like 22, like, where can I be in like 40? Um, and then since then, a lot of dreams kind of fell, right? <laughs> fell apart. But, but, um, yeah. right? but I feel like it's something that we carry on with us, like live up to your dream, have integrity towards your dreams, yeah. right? Um, make them goals and just fucking go get them. So I think that's a great insight over there. Now, when you came back to Israel, what happened when you came back to Israel? Like, or, or what, what made you even come back to Israel? So it's a great question because, you know, for me, it was, it was, it was almost depressing mm-hmm. in the beginning where I was similar situations. I was 23 years old. Mm-hmm. I just lived out my lifelong dream. And for me, there was nothing after China, right? Yeah. I was going to be there for years. Yeah. Like there was nothing after that. Like this was my dream. Yeah. And then suddenly I lived it and it was phenomenal you get to this level well the first few months you're in like complete pain yeah everything hurt me i was like my knees were falling apart and then suddenly you you get past that threshold yeah and you just improve and improve and improve and improve and you feel eventually like you can fly like this amazing feeling yeah and then i said to myself okay i'm living my lifelong dream what what's next like do i really want to stay here and study for the rest of my life and the answer was, was no, that I wanted to do more. Mm. And it was hard. I had to like pick another, like, I guess, I guess a goal that was as big, mm-hmm. that was, you know, significant. Yeah. And I decided to actually, you know, I didn't want to go too, too much off the China track. And China was becoming interesting from a business perspective and, and people were getting into China. I wanted to study it also from different perspectives. I wanted to study the language, history, philosophy. Mm-hmm. And I decided to apply to colleges in the US. Mm. And, and I actually, I, I went and I, I interviewed and I, and I eventually got accepted to, to Columbia University. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I majored in East Asian studies and Chinese. I studied oh. like intense like Chinese history, philosophy, everything. In the US. Yeah, so I actually, I came back to Israel. Mm-hmm. It was, I was too late to apply for that year, so I did the first year in, in Hebrew University. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards, I, I, I transferred over to Columbia. And where do you meet your wife along the way? So at, my wife and I, we actually go way back. Okay. Uh, we've known each other since we were 10 years old, actually. Wow. Wow. We grew up together in Jerusalem. Yes, we're not together since. Um, it took me years yeah. to convince her to <laughs> go out with me. By the way... Just saying, another father entrepreneur in the house, three kids, right? What yeah, are the ages? Three kids. Uh, my son, who was born in China, actually, wow. um, is eight and a half. I have a six-year-old daughter and another two-year-old daughter. Amazing. Yes. Full yeah. house. Yeah. Full house. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah. So, I, so that to me was like, this is a, a target. Yeah. Like if I can pull this off and get into an Ivy League school and then... And, and do this properly instead. They had a, you know, Columbia had a phenomenal Chinese program uh, and it really gave me that perspective. And I guess like through Columbia, I was able to do like a program emphasizing business in China. So I studied business Chinese, mm-hmm. went back to China to study a semester in Shanghai of nice. business Chinese, then wow. did an internship at the Foreign Investment Association of Shanghai. And that opened up a whole different aspect of China. Wow. Um, the following year was the World Fair in, in China, 2010. And the U.S. government kind of selected 80 
students from around the country who speak Chinese to represent the U.S. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to be part of that delegation. So I went to got to go back to China <laughs> again uh, to Shanghai um, wow. to represent the U.S. That's um, very cool. Expo was amazing, yeah. phenomenal, like just one of the best experiences ever. Wow. And in between, I'd go back and visit my teacher. Yeah. Or you know, train sessions. <laughs> but you know, you and I spoke about this last time we met, and I said to you that one of my favorite sayings in Chinese. Uh, do you remember it? I don't remember what the saying is. No, I'm, I mean I don't. Yeah. The saying was "一山更比 山高," <laughs> which means from my mountain there is always a higher peak. Yeah. And I wow. and I love that. I think that you know, yes, we have dreams. Um, it's great to set these dreams and set these goals. Yeah. And then once you reach that peak, understand that, okay, let me look up, lift my head and look out to the horizon and see what else is out there. I remember only what Ting Wudong. It's an important one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it means, it I don't means, understand. Uh, yeah. It means something like, I can hear you. I don't understand you. Something like that, right? <laughs> it's like, I don't know the language. It's the only way to say it. Wow. And, um, it's, it's amazing because you went all this way, like, and you, and you, you know, you had this like wonderful career coming back to Israel. Um, when did you come back to Israel? Finally, um, like after 2015, so like really the end of 2014, mm -hmm. like November, 2014. Wow. And then straight to similar web. Um, so there was a bit of a gap. Mm -hmm. My father at the time was Israel's ambassador to the U S mm -hmm. wow. and he came back and he decided to run for government. Wow. And I decided to help him run for government. So you have a kick-ass family, right? I guess I have like a pretty cool family. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool family. Wow. And, and so I, I literally, I, I, I already signed with Simula, but I said to them, I'm going to just join after the election. Yeah. And so I waited out and followed my father, helped him out with the, his election to government. He was mm -hmm. a member of Knesset um, and then um, vice minister as well. Mm. After that, I joined some lower, but yeah, it was uh, February, March. Wow. Mm -hmm. So let me just go back for a second to, um, I want to understand. Your father is a successful person, right? Yeah. Is your mother as well? What does your mother do? It, it depends like how you define success, right? right. So my mother was, um, you know, she was a dancer for many years. Mm. Danced uh, in the states, danced in Israel, wow. she taught dance. Wow, beautiful dancer, uh, and then awesome. also became a martial artist. He wow. taught Tai Chi for many years, different no different style, yeah. And today he teaches, you know, Tai Chi Qigong. No way. Yep. Yep. Wow. Um, and I'd say like that my mother was a driving force, in the family, mm -hmm. even for for me, like uh, different periods of my life where I, you know, as you know. Training period, you have ups and you have downs, and right. you have the worst, which are like plateaus. Yeah. And especially, I guess, during adolescence, when your body is changing and things that used to work well suddenly don't work, and you don't, you can't explain it, right? Mm -hmm. And you're still young, like in spirit, yeah. uh, even though your body is going through these like, you know, changes. And I remember I had this real debate. Suddenly, I stopped progressing, yeah. and I wasn't progressing the same pace. Mm -hmm. And I had, you know, I was into like basketball. I had this. This, this moment where I was, I'm going to leave martial arts. And I'm going to actually go do basketball. I was 15 yeah. years old. And I remember I, I also like, I already told my sensei and everything. Yeah. And when I was about to leave, 
my mother said to me, um, I'm sorry, but no, <laughs> like you don't understand this yet, but I understand this and you are not going to leave. I'm, I'm forbidding you to leave this. I, I see what it is for you. I yeah. see what it's going to be for you. And I forbid you to leave. And that definitely I, a lot of that mm. really I, I give to her credit. Mm. Um, and she did the same with my father over there too. People didn't believe in him before the success. Mm-hmm. And she was a great believer, great driver. Um, yeah. Even though she wasn't, you know, she didn't progress in her career, mm-hmm. but she was a big us oh. develop in, in our own ways. Oh yeah, I mean, listen, when you train and you're when you're saying like a dancer and in martial arts, you have a lot of mental um, like challenges that you have to deal with, like, yep. right? When you overtrain or when you get hurt or when you're you know injuries or when you, you know, got to push through that, you know, your own limits. So I think it's definitely a beautiful thing. And, and then when your father having a career and everything, and um, what were some of the tips that they maybe like raised you with that you remember that was like, man, I'm going to raise my kids the same. Um, so we had an extremely, maybe too extreme open house. Okay. Like there was no rebellion mm. uh, for me or for anyone of my siblings. There was nothing to rebel against. Uh-huh. Like, we we'd sit in you know Friday nights and smoke a nargila together, a hookah together. Yeah, like with my my parents, my my friends would come over. Like it was yeah. always very very open, uh-huh. um, and there was nothing that was taboo. I could speak to them about anything, yeah, and ask their advice about anything. Uh-huh. Um, and I think like there was also reciprocate like reciprocation there, so they would share with us as well. Mm. And I'd say like some, maybe to some extent, maybe too much, right? Because there, there is that, that delicate balance of where you need your parent to be your parent. Um, but I, I take that. I take that, that, you know, we grew up in a very happy, uh, very funny house. A lot of jokes about anything. Mm-hmm. Like just like very open, very happy. Um, everyone was always welcome. Like my friends would come over, even if I wasn't home, like they'd come over and sit on you know, Saturday <laughs> nice. and have breakfast with my parents, like very, very open. Nice. Yeah. And just like that, that closeness. And I think like, you know, we grew up always traveled, hiked mm. during the weekends, a lot of yeah. camping trips, like quality nice. time. Nice. That's something that I, I definitely uh, take and try to do with my, my kids, my family as well. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Um, all right. So bring you back to similar web, um, and you you went a long way in similar web, you know, from being head of China, and then um, working your way up until like you basically became kind of like, the, like traveling with you started traveling with Or right on business trips and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, became uh, chief of staff. Chief of staff. Yeah. And what was that like for you? Like, um, it was extremely educational. Uh-huh. Um, I think like first of all, it gave me front row seats see how a company is run at that level like and that was it's mm-hmm. a tremendous tremendous like you yeah right yeah. because you're you're basically almost an extension of the ceos right yeah. so you're with him in every meeting yeah. every every place he travels and of course you give your own input as well yeah. any board meeting and i think you know once i did that position it gave me the confidence like so the entrepreneurial thing, I always knew that I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. I always kind of gave myself excuses of why not now. 
Yeah. Right. I always had this other business opportunity. I was like, oh, I'm gonna just gonna do this for a few months or yeah. for a year and I'll get that experience and then I'll be, you know, then I'll be ready. Yeah. And then a different opportunity came. It's like, oh, you you make excuses, like, oh, I'm gonna do this for a bit and then I'll, I'll you know, that will give me a different perspective and then I'll do it. And the chief of staff role was kind of like, okay, buddy, this is the end of the line. Like, what are you gonna do after this? Mm. Um, and there was nothing really that was gonna be as exciting as, you know, challenging as educational yeah it's basically you get as i said like front row seats see how a company is run yeah and just and to just to say like to anybody who doesn't know similar web it's it is a company where um i remember in 2013-14 when they acquired us um we we were like five people so we closed the 50 people in the company yeah. three years later like almost 400 people in the company yep um a couple of years later IPO, well, not a couple, but yeah, it took some time, but just yeah. like last year, IPO. Um, so the company rapidly grew. It was just like a massive yep. growth. So experiencing that on your end, um, you know, next to the CEO was probably, yeah, that's amazing. It was an amazing experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it gave me not only perspective, but it gave me the confidence to say, yeah, now's the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So. So making that decision probably wasn't easy though to become an entrepreneur after no. having a safe job. Yeah, right? definitely. Like, <laughs> not only was it not easy, it was kind of borderline crazy mm -hmm. because I left the company in January 2020. Mm -hmm. My wife was seven months pregnant with our third child, mm. seven or eight months pregnant with our third child. Um, and, you know, I had an idea but I did not have a co-founder yet. I did yeah. not have funding. And, you know, my wife gave birth in February. Mm -hmm. um, then she had, you know, little complications in, you know, in the delivery. Mm -hmm. She had to be, she was basically hospitalized for three weeks. Oh, wow. I was home with yeah. three kids, a newborn. Wow. wow. Trying, trying to like start a startup. And the day she came home, was the first day that the prime minister announced lockdown. the lockdown. Oh my God. So this is like uh, the beginning of our journey. Uh, and I remember saying to Matan, my co-founder, like, Matan, you know, this is crazy, but this is our beginning and it's bad. But if we get past this, we'll get past anything. Yeah. And that was, that was like the mindset. Yeah. And yeah, you know, he, he was, he was amazing. Yeah. Like by my, of course, and gave me all the support I needed. It was great. And, did you know you wanted a co-founder? Like, yes. How, why? Um, I because think that... Just, just to yeah. say it for context, all offer did not, like he, he had a co-founder at the beginning, but yeah. he, did, he did not run with a co-founder. Like so he had a, he had a co-founder in the beginning yeah. Um, yeah. until he had like a, a solid team. Right. Right. And then he had like senior vice president R&D, then became the CTO of the company. Yeah. He had a, then a person who became the CPO. He had like... He had um, a CEO, yeah. a CFO until he, you know, the co-founder actually left the company. Yeah. Right. So I think he had a great infrastructure in place yeah. before he became the, the, the only uh, founder of the company. Yeah. Um, for me, I think a few things. One, um, I think that the, the entrepreneurial journey is such a lonely journey. Right. Especially, you know, I'd say, I'd argue that even especially the CEO, um, position but like the entrepreneurial journey is a lonely lonely journey yeah you're basically it's you against the world yeah. right and i think that having someone 
uh, with you on that journey is something that not only gives you strength when you're down and there will be downs and there will be ups. It's someone that will, you know, lift you when needed. It's someone that will give you a different opinion, which is also important. Right. Right. Because you think, you know, you might think something very, very specific, but it's your perspective. And it's important that someone says to you, you know, Yoav, I think you're wrong here and let me explain why. Yeah. And I think it's, it's an important balance. Mm-hmm. Um, besides like the, the regular things that I needed someone that had a complementary skill set, yeah. right? If we're going to do a, a technology or a product based, um, either product or service, um, someone needs to own up to that aspect of it. Right? Yeah. It's not only the business, so I'm, I'm good on the business side, but yeah. I needed someone to own the technology and build yeah. the infrastructure right. that we need in order to start this company. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I think it's, uh, it's, I, I highly recommend for entrepreneurs to do this journey with someone yeah. that they trust, they appreciate. Uh, and of course, there has to be other aspects of this. Like you have to just genuinely enjoy each other's company. Yeah. We're going to spend a sh- you know, shitload of time with this person. I like can yeah. better enjoy being with them. Yeah. Or, of course. Man, definitely. I mean, I'm thinking about, um, you know, because I, um, I think like my first run with the co-founder Obviously, that was David, which were in his offices. Freaking amazing. Like, yeah, you know, amazing. Um, um, when David and I split, he took on Thought Leader, which is a product we started working on in, while we were working on Hacking UI. Um, it was actually like our platform at the beginning to get content into our newsletter, and then it became kind of like a sponsorship model. Like it. And then David kind of wanted to take it that way to Thought Leaders, and I wanted to continue the blog route. So that's when we kind of split. Um, but after that, for years, I was like, you know, I don't need a co-founder. I'm, I'm okay. But and then, you know, you do realize that it's a lonely journey after a couple of years. Right? And like, you're like, man. I, and so that's why I brought God on board just a few months ago. Yeah. Um, because he was a good friend. And, you know, and by the way, to anybody who doesn't know, so I have my, I have my design agency. Um, and uh, it's been going on for about two and a half years where I've been working like in the, as, um, as, the CEO of, of my and founder of my agency. And then recently, a couple of months ago, I brought in a partner to CEO the company. Um, but the reason for that partnership is really, you know, there are kind of, um, there are, this is like completion of skills, but it's more than ever. It's just like someone who is again, a partner, you know, like that's, that I've been knowing for a long while. And just again, like you say, like, We'll be there on the journey with you because in a journey, you're going to have a lot of obstacles, a lot of challenges. Definitely. Rough days. We had them. A lot of rejections um, too. Like, yeah. It, it's yeah. difficult. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I, think, yeah, I agree. I think like there, there can be sole founders. It's, but I think like if you have the option, yeah. I would definitely go with the co-founder. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so you made a decision, got a co-founder. You guys started this like thing in, you know, in, in the COVID times. Yeah. it was like one idea um what was the evolution <laughs> the entire evolution well in short, Abre- abbreviation right? very short yeah um very very short i came to matan i was passionate about a completely different idea i was passionate about uh seeing how we can motivate people to start moving mm-hmm. uh because i felt that that 0.1 was the hardest aspect of any training uh for any of my friends family like it was always the hardest right. thing like how do you right. just get up and start moving right. I was fascinated with that 0.1 area. 
and I had the solution that I was thinking about, and I even had a pilot with Olympic athletes that I was running, wow. and 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 I was gun ho about this idea, mm-hmm. and I dated different co-founders for a period, and I was so, you know, here's here's a good lesson because I w- I wasn't really open to hearing other people's opinions, mm. and especially if you're going to be a co-founder, you better listen to that co-founder. <laughs> Right? And I wasn't open and they came with their ideas and I was just not there. Mm. And I think when, when I met Matan, the decision, the, con, the, the conscious decision that I made was that this time I'm going to come very open to this discussion mm. and I'm going to hear other opinions, even if it's not that uh, ones that I want to hear. And well, I guess mm. one of the first questions that Matan asked me was, okay, great, I'm, I'm in, but who are we building this for? Mm. And I was naive and said, what do you mean? We're building this for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and he said to me, no, I mean, we need a target audience. Yeah. Um, and we started digging deeper and doing research at different audiences. Yeah. And we landed on this baby boomer audience. Uh, and, and suddenly it became super interesting. And we just mm-hmm. did like got deeper and deeper into this baby boomer audience, the 55 to 75 yeah. age range. Um, right, it's this audience that has a lot of free time the most amount of disposable income more than any other segment yeah. uh, has strong brand loyalty. Um, and in the end of the day has a digital experience that is pretty similar person to mine. Yeah. Right. They all have smartphones yeah. have worked in the past with computers or right. doing it now, tablets, so forth. Yeah. Uh, but aren't getting a lot of love from developers in the consumer space. Mm-hmm. And we started digging and understanding like what are the major challenges or problems that this segment faces. And we landed on something completely different. Like their, their major challenges were, you know, loneliness and, right. and, and, and like a sense of purpose and, and, and legacy. And I couldn't connect the dots to my original idea. Yeah. And by the way, where did, um, how did you research that? So, yeah. So it's a good question because, um, as entrepreneurs, you learn to take advantage of as many resources as you can. And we worked with an organization, still do today, with uh, Tamid uh, in the U.S. And we had like different consultancy projects with different universities mm-hmm. in North America. So we had like four or five different schools, colleges in yeah. the U.S. and in Canada that did extensive market research for mm-hmm. us. Okay. Right. So we did, of course, a lot on our own. But we also like the fact that we had boots on the ground yeah. in our target market to do this research, and they had access to you know, university, you know, um, libraries and, and different articles that we did not have access to yeah. uh, was something that was, was extremely helpful. Mm. Um, and anyway, so I, I couldn't connect the dots and we had to make a decision. Are we going for the idea or are we, are we going for the audience? Yeah. Even more on a more personal level, am I an entrepreneur because I'm passionate about this specific idea or do I want to become an entrepreneur because I want to become an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. we'll find a different, you know, problem that I'm fascinated with. Yeah. And we ended up choosing the audience. Mm. And, and then, you know, when we chose the audience, we thought of a whole different solution than what Zug is today. Yeah. And, you know, we were thinking, okay, this is an amazing audience. They have the time, they have, you know, the, 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 the tech um, capability, know how, yeah. Yeah. um, why don't we make them mentors to younger uh, generation, mm. right? They're still relevant. They're still like in the peak of their, of their yeah. careers. 
um, purpose, and legacy, that purpose, legacy, everything. Yeah. Loneliness uh-huh. it solves everything. Right? Cool. And we said we'll have this AI-based, um, you know, um, platform able to match make, you know, Sagi with the number one mentor in the world for you that has not only you know similar career objectives, has had a, like a similar career path, you know, comes yeah. from the design UI UX field, but also is a martial artist. Right, yeah, so we'll yeah. find that com- that compatible mm-hmm. match for you, yeah. and then we'll curate an, an online mentorship program for you. Mm-hmm. We also did massive research, spoke to every mentorship program out there. Yeah. We were fascinated by this, yeah. and then COVID broke out, and with COVID hit us, I it was it was a rough period because I I couldn't see how people who were who had a complete uncertainty into what's going to happen with their jobs tomorrow. Mm. how they enter a six-month mentorship program with someone they've never met wow. and invest money into it. Yeah. And, and we had to be, again, like be very brutally honest with ourselves and say, is this the right thing for now? And I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an important point because mm. a lot of times we're fascinated with a problem that we want to fix, but there's so many different elements that have to you know, align there. Yeah. Right. One of them, of course, is the team and the product and the problem, the real problem. Yeah. But another important one is timing. Timing. Timing yeah. of the market, timing of the target audience. Yeah. And I think you have to always ask yourself, is now the right time? Definitely. By the way, just like a sidetrack on that, I listened to an interview with the founder of Calm, mm-hmm. you know, the meditation yeah, app. Yeah. And he's like, he and his co founder, they were um, completely not on time, they were very early the headspace kind of rolls with them and everything, but it's so yeah. early that they just waited it out kind of. And yeah. um, the, the, one of the things that got them to have enough money to continue to work, you know, very, stay small, continue to work was a book deal. Um, and it was just like speaking in different conferences to just to make some money and like, and then a book deal came on and, um, and eventually they, the timing became perfect and they, they, exploded yeah. since 2017, 18. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and then, you know who came out? Insight Timer. It's another app. Mm-hmm. Again, two more co-founders, uh, both brothers from Australia. And those guys, they just, they just came in time. So uh, from day one, massive kind of growth in the, you know, in the mental fitness space. Yeah. Uh, very interesting um, to see timing you know, play out. These I mean, it's a huge, huge factor. Yeah. There's 21 million users of Insight Timer right That's now. Cool. Three years. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you see that in even the giant companies. Yeah. Facebook wasn't the first social media company, uh, right? Apple wasn't the first company to create a tablet or, or an MP3 player or yeah. any of that. Yeah. Right. It's a matter of timing and also and getting it right, of course. Yeah. Right. Um, especially in the consumer world, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I guess this is a stage where we kind of, again, this is pre-funding so my clock is ticking, right? It's a, it's a very honest conversation that I sat down and had with my wife before I embarked on this journey. It was like, okay, how much time do I actually have to, to try this out, wow. right? And yeah. we actually, you know, we put a spreadsheet together and said, okay, this is what you have. Like you have a year, go yeah. raise money. Um, it's amazing that you had that. Yeah. It's amazing, yeah. It's, I think it's one of the advantages of speaking to, um, you know, the, the father entrepreneurs or the parent entrepreneurs, um, and I guess the subject of the podcast is that being a parent, your, your margin for error is slim, yeah. right? I don't have two years to yeah. screw around and, and figure yeah. shit out, 
Yeah. Right? I don't have that. I can't afford to, you know, be without a salary for three years. I got a family to feed at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. So I think it it it, it kind of forces you to focus. Man. Focus yeah. your time, focus your, your resources and, and really zoom in and understand, okay, what can I do within this given time period? Yeah. Um, which I think it's good because one of the hardest things about starting a, a startup is the lack of infrastructure, of structure in general. Yeah. There's no structure. Yeah. It's just you and yeah. another person. Like, what do I do? What do I do, do I, today? How do I start? Yeah. And, it's, and sometimes like also one of the frustrating things is that you're running like, yeah. you know, a sprint. Yeah. But the rest of the world isn't running in that same pace. Yeah. So sometimes you'd be like, oh, I'm a shot like 50 emails right now. And, I'm, and then like you hear the crickets. Yeah. <laughs> and the crickets last for like yeah. a week. Yeah. Until you hear back. Yeah. Right. The world is not, is not running in the same pace. Yeah. And that's a hard that's realization to realize. Yeah. Um, so I think like this is, it, it's still like an, one of the advantages of a startup though is the fact that you can be ballsy. Like, like yeah. you know, hard decisions and be able to maneuver fast. And yeah. I think that's a stage where Matan and I kind of got back to the drawing board and it's okay, we like this segment. Yeah. The solution that we came up with is not for now. Mm -hmm. It's not the right timing now. Yeah. And then we kind of asked ourselves, how are we experiencing these baby boomers or really our parents in the yeah. most personal way? And for us, it was like, okay, we can't see them and we're trying to communicate with them. We can do it. For our kids, it's impossible. Yeah. Our kids just can't handle these conversations. Yeah. They can't do small talk and they're not interested in video chatting with their grandparents. Yeah. Right. Or any phone call. Yeah. And we saw that there's created this disconnect and this tension. And, and on the flip side, speaking about timing, where the world suddenly adapted to video communication during mm -hmm. COVID, right? You have this huge adaptation. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Speak to, I speak to VCs all the time and to investors. Yeah. And the fact that we can run an investment process on Zoom and it's legit, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Because two years ago, if you would said to, to an investor, oh, you're going to invest in startups without actually meeting the founders, they would yeah. look at you like you were crazy. Right. 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 Um, so the business world adapted. Speaking about similar web, like yeah. once it was like, oh, you can't do enterprise sales over, you know, online. You have to meet in person. Right. Right. Guess what? Yeah. COVID hit and everyone's doing enterprise deals online, <laughs> right? So you yeah. have this unique point of time where you have this massive adaptation, business world, right. educational world. Yeah. And I'm sure your kids studied on Zoom in the last few years more than you'd like to. Yeah. And even young grandparents adapted mm -hmm. to speaking on Zoom, yeah. Skype, and, and, and other uh, video uh, yeah. chats, yeah. right? But the traditional video chats just didn't solve it. It just wasn't engaging or entertaining in any way for our kids. Yeah. And, and, and it didn't solve this cross-generational gap that yeah. was forming. And the kids were already in Zoom overwhelm anyway. They were like everyone. Right? Like, Zoom fatigue like yeah. across the board. Um, and that's where we had this idea of like, what happens if we, how do we entertain the kids and make sure that the grandparents are actually the stars of this entertainment? Mm. And this is where the idea came of merging communication with content. Mm-hmm and making the grandparents really the star of the show. Love it. And this is where kind of the, the idea for Zoom was born. So you said, why not let them tell stories, right? And, um, and, and be the heroes. So just like I'm fast forwarding for a second. Go for it. Because it's freaking amazing what you have right now. So Zoom, Z-O-O-G, right guys? You can download it on the app store right now. Correct. Um, 
is an application where grandparents can read out stories to their grandchildren. It's asynchronous, meaning like they can just send the story away with a link. Everybody could watch on their own time. Um, and you guys said you're experiencing like, like grandparents sending it on the family WhatsApp channel, right? Like to, you know, to all the grand, mm-hmm. grandkids. Yep. Um, and you have also, can I tell about the, yeah, the filters about and everything, right? Yeah, so, definitely. So there's like the filters that um, are actually like a partnership with Snap um, that are letting you use the filters of Snapchat like on the grandparents when they're telling a story. So when someone reads a story, imagine like them, you know, being the star of the actual story. Like, you know, if it's, um, I can't really think of it, but you know, they have like different kind of like wigs or horns or like effects on their faces and um, they can become a dinosaur or whatnot, like whatever the story is. The grandparents now have effects and are becoming the stars and are now they can tell the story and Zug is helping them read out the story in a proper way and, um, and then they can send that over and now entertain their kids, become the stars of the family um, and connect, right, on a deeper level because storytelling always connects. So it's a beautiful, beautiful, you know, thing that you guys got to. Um, you have now the, you know, I, I don't want to say anything, you can say anything about like, you know, Future partnerships and stuff. Sure, like that. definitely. Yeah. yeah, happy to speak about that. But first of all, like one of the first things that we said, you know, just to tell a story is not engaging for the kids, right? When you look at children today, they're, I guess, the threshold that they have um, for entertainment is off the charts, yeah. right? The level of stimulation that they get from content today is off the charts. Very different than what you and I had when we were growing up, right? Right. Flat, like two dimensional. Yeah. It's not there anymore, right? So just telling a story uh, just didn't cut it, right? So yeah. we really wanted to incorporate cutting edge, cutting edge technology, right? Taking um, augmented reality and filters, as you said, and seeing how we can make this accessible to an audience that otherwise was not, didn't have access to this type of technology, right? Yeah. So today on Zoog, you have a variety of content. So you have stories, as you said, you have songs, you have uh, nibbles, which are you know, content that is meant for toddlers, you have jokes, like dad jokes. You're going to love these. I know you will. <laughs> uh, we have greeting cards uh, and other types of content. And we're planning nice. to go into gaming uh, in the future as well. Um, we're really, all you have to do is basically record. You select the content, click record, and you, we literally put you inside the story. Nice. So you can see yourself. And as you read, we automatically change the backgrounds, the animation, the AR uh, components, uh, 3D effects. Mm, soundtracks, everything. And then you can share it, as you said, asynchronously to anyone. Um, and it's, and we just, the amazing thing is that when you look at our user base, literally 70% of all people who are creating content and sharing content on Zoom today are grandparents. And it's, it's amazing because we actually enabled grandparents to become AR content creators for the first time. <laughs> wow. That's a tremendous thing. And new Snapchat filters. And it's amazing. Yeah, so we create the filters. We yeah. actually have Snapchats. Uh, we have Snap's uh, camera technology yeah. in, in, installed inside. And you, and you create the filters. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, using their tools. And it's an amazing partnership like because they open up this beta to a limited uh, number of companies around the world. And just to give you a sense, like the companies are like Disney, wow. Bumble, Viber, and, and now Zoog. Wow. And we've been Amazing. featured, you know, Evan Spiegel, their CEO and founder spoke about us in their Q1 wow. earnings call. Wow. We've been featured in their global summit, their partnership summit. Wow. Uh, if you go on their development site, we're the first case study there. Amazing. That's so a great partnership. 
Uh, and I'll just add that we're, we have other amazing content partnerships. Yeah. So yesterday, we actually, literally yesterday, we launched our first DreamWorks partnership wow. content. Yeah, so it's, wow. it's amazing. Thing. Amazing. Yeah. Congrats. And, uh, we have DAs um, right now with other DreamWorks. amazing partnership. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So super exciting. And the yeah. idea is also to Beautiful. allow grandparents um, to really experience this amazing content, right? Yeah. And to actually step into it. Yeah. Right? Be part of the content. Yeah. Uh, so very That's exciting amazing. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Man, so from being shot in the army to <laughs> being in China and becoming a Tai Chi master, teaching Tai Chi, um, to being a successful um, student, you know, of, of Chinese and, and, uh, and, you know, and, um, and then to the similar web to becoming chief of staff, to building this wonderful career, to quitting it all, starting <laughs> over from scratch and, um, and making and building a tech startup, a B2C tech startup, an app that is as investment um, and is now having, you know, a lot of user adoption. You just also launched the, um, the monetization aspect of things, which Correct. now the money, the, the company is actually making money. Um, users are paying um, massive engagement, retention. Um, bro, it is an inspiring story because I think also to so many dadpreneurs that you say, yeah, we, I, you said something like, yeah, we don't, we don't have time to play around in a way, but in another way you did it, right? And you're, you're an inspiration. You can, here's an example of someone who did, you know, in one way play around, you know, like to the time to live to their dreams, even though he's a parent and has a family and all the obligations, but you, you did it, you know, with integrity to your dreams, like we said at the beginning, right? Keeping your agenda mm -hmm, and, um, and values and um, just building it out. And you did, you did the same thing. And I'm, I'm not even like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even did. comparing. Like no, this is completely, thing. you know, I just want to just acknowledge you, bro, for, for being an inspiration. Um, I enjoy meeting you every time, but, you know, since we reconnected now, like, you know, uh, with you doing Zug and everything, it's freaking amazing, inspiring. So happy to see you succeed and for your success success and you know and wishing you the rest of the you know the journey to be as exciting as successful i hope so um, just getting started fun here, yeah yeah and enjoying the journey like you're one of those people that are, is enjoying the journey that i, I is love iconic. it i love the journey i think that yeah. for anything i think the parenthood uh, in general just just focuses you right yeah. it gives you it gives you real perspective right because in the end of the day you go home and you got to put everything aside and you want to give your kids the attention that they deserve. Um, you want to have that close relationship with them. You yeah. want to build something significant. Yeah. Um, it's also, it's, it was, I remember like my kids, first of all, they took, when I left Similar Web, they took it very personally. Like, <laughs> what? You're leaving? Like, they, listen, they, they grew up in the company. They've been, wow. it's a very kid-friendly company. They come wow. all the time. They, they, <laughs> and, and it's hard. Yeah. And you also have to be very honest because, like, a lot of times I think we're dishonest with the fact that we say, oh, we're building this for the family, for the future of the, our kids. Yeah. But that's not really the case. Yeah. I'm doing this because I love it. And you're doing what you're doing yeah. because you love it. Because right. this is the ultimate expression of yourself. Right. right. It's kind of like Bruce Lee said that the martial arts is the ultimate expression of yourself. Yeah. Right? And this is, this is just, it is who you are. And I have to always like convey that message to my children. Uh, like yeah, this is, funny. I'm getting on calls right now because it's important to me. Yeah. And you, and I think it's a, it's setting a good example of this is me. And yes, 
you are the most important thing in my life. And I, I adore my children beyond words. Yeah. And they are, but this is also a huge part of who I am. And you yeah. guys need to see this and you need yeah. to understand that there's an aspect of our lives that is not about you. Yeah. And this is, this is it it's is who I am. Yeah, that is fulfilling me. himself exactly. in the world. I, I have to explain this to myself, to my kids, every time I go to practice, to, to, to training. Yeah. Like I leave, like I put them at eight o'clock. I'm like, guys, I'm leaving. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why aren't you staying? <laughs> like, you do need to understand. Like, this is that part of who take I care it's, of himself. Exactly. This yeah. is part of who I am. Yeah. Bro, and um, I want to finish off with this exactly. Is how do you there I had two questions. Let's do it a very quick lightning round. round. Lightning round. Um, one is how do you how do you take care of yourself right now? Um, in terms of like well being, both mentally and physically. Uh, let's start with that. Um, so I am an, a notoriously awful sleeper. I don't sleep enough. I didn't sleep last night at all. At all? I, like in and out, like barely. Wow. I couldn't get sleep till 2 a.m. I just can't. I, it's hard for me to shut off. I'm not, I'm not a good example in that. <laughs> um, and I have to get better. It's something that I know that I need to get better. But um, you're okay. You're I'm like, okay. You're alert during no, the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have high energy. Okay. It's a, yeah. Yeah, it's a good, Amazing. yeah. Um, the training to me is super, super critical. Like mm -hmm. I have to train. It, it's, it's, you know, I have my, my built-in like uh, training sessions that I do twice a week with the group. Yeah, right? BJJ now. BJJ now. Yeah. yeah I like, uh, you know, Sagina, you and I spoke about this. I love, I'm a, I'm a white belt junkie. <laughs> I love like just starting things from scratch and yeah. getting my ass kicked and learning a whole new art. And BJJ was definitely, it's a humbling experience, put it this way. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I love it. Like yeah. I really, really enjoy it. Um, so twice a week, BJJ. Twice a week, BJJ. Um, it's, it's actually, it's, it's one of these times where you can't afford to think about anything else. Right. So it's true. Like when I meditate, I try, I'm not a good meditator because my mind goes all over the place. And I, I find myself just like focusing on like some other things. Uh, it doesn't calm me, right? The BJJ calms me because I can't afford to think about anything else. <laughs> I have someone like trying to trying strangle to me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's real meditation for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and every morning I try to do something. So yeah. it's either I do Tai Chi or I do some, you know, some, yeah. something in the gym. Yeah. Nice. But every morning it's, it's super critical for me to start my day with movement. Yeah. And that, it. that is my meditation. That's how I take care of myself. And I, oh. I, and I, I keep a healthy lifestyle. So still, um, practice Tai Chi. Yes, definitely. Wow. Oh, it's, it's where my, my heart belongs. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And, and, um, and, uh, and mental health, you said, yeah, like you're trying to, um, so that, that goes to my second question, uh, and with that we'll finish, is like, how do you overcome self-doubt? Because you went so, through so much struggle starting over and becoming a startup entrepreneur, probably a lot of people told you, you know, you're B2C, who starts a B2C company <laughs> nowadays? Are you crazy? Exactly. Um, I think that self-conviction, I mean, conviction what you're doing is something that's extremely important. Mm -hmm. and, and it's hard, right? Especially as you said, like being a B2C founder in the state of Israel uh, is very, very difficult yes. because this market is not... Uh, <laughs> if, not not, if you're not doing cyber here. You're, cyber, uh, B2B enterprise SaaS, like that's, that's our yeah. comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, and early stage consumers just, I mean, there are very successful consumer companies that came out of Israel. Um, the Lytrix, the Joytunes of the world. Yeah. Wave. Um, Waze, of course. Yeah. Uh, but early stage consumers, you don't see a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and the, the biggest challenge is you get a lot of doubts and no's from smart people. Yeah. Right. And that's where it starts like digging into you. Yeah. But I think that if you have like very strong conviction, and again, that's where the co-founder comes in place. 
-hmm. Like I come down, I do the fundraising and I come back and I get my ass kicked out there. And the fact that I can, you know, say that to my town, like I had a rough day or to my wife that I had a rough day Mm -hmm. and like keep your eye on the ball, focus and you guys are good. And I think that it's, it's a, you know, the, the entrepreneurship, the entrepreneurial journey is such a humbling experience and I'm always learning. Yeah. Every day I think that I'm outside of my comfort zone. I'm learning new things. There's some things that I'm awful at. Really, like I'm not just saying this as a cliche. There's something that I'm just not good at. I'm naturally not, mm-hmm. you know, not good at that. Yeah. But I still have to do it, right? Yeah. It's because being an entrepreneur, that's, you have to do it. Yeah. Like there's no one else. You yeah. got to do it. You got to own up. Take to ownership. Like the, 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 yeah. You know, the buck stops here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just being, having that conviction and understanding that this is a, it's a journey that you're constantly learning. It's okay not to have the answers to everything. Mm-hmm. But then I just end and say like being, uh, having the confidence to seek help, right? To yeah. ask either mentors, friends, uh, people around you. I think especially in the Israeli community, people just like to share knowledge. Mm-hmm. People like to help and like to yeah. be asked for help. Yeah. And I think that having the courage to ask for help and saying, hey, I don't understand this or I don't know this. Can you help me? It's something that's extremely helpful on my personal journey. Definitely. Love it. Bro, thank you so much. Where can people find you? Besides obviously downloading Zug. Yeah, definitely download Zug. Yeah. Um, um, the I'm, a bad, I'm a bad Twitter uh, because uh, <laughs> my, 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 my time, my co-founder always says to me that I have to be on Twitter yeah. and I, I, get I, I have to do well. better at it. <laughs> I, I can't even tell you what my, my handle is. It's awful. But, but, um, but where, so where are you like mostly like on LinkedIn? Or a like, lot. Of, I do LinkedIn a lot. Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn, okay. uh, Facebook, Instagram. So you have Oren on LinkedIn, yep. Instagram. And of course, cool. if any questions, I'm Yoav at, at getzoog.com. So happy, happy to help, happy to answer any question. And thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Bro, this was amazing. I also learned a couple of new things about you and your journey. And, um, you know, it's been just amazing and inspiring to kind of like hear it from the beginning until the end and kind of encapsulate that in one kind of message. I think this is a show that you'll be able to have your kids listen to at one point. Hopefully. Yeah, man. I mean, because... Put them to sleep or something. <laughs> <laughs> Put them to sleep. You, you can use Zook for that. Maybe. Exactly. But yeah. Um, but yeah, man, thank you so much. And uh, guys, if you have any, if you, if you enjoy the show, got value from the show, please share it. Just take a snapshot right now, right? And, and tag us on Instagram, right? You know, so Yoavor and Sagish Schreiber, just tag us on your stories. Say, wow, what an episode. Um, you enjoy the show. Also, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. This means the world to us. This is how the show keeps on going. Uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify, just write a review. If you're watching a teaser anywhere, like online, just, you know, like, share, comment, you know, like this is, this is the show, right? So, uh, we need your help in growing this show. Um, you have bro. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was an awesome conversation here recorded at thoughtleaders.io Tel Aviv offices, which is a creator, um, startup, which, uh, my co-founder, uh, past co-founder, uh, David Tinner uh, just built, and uh, this is a product that we started working at when we were doing Hacking UI, and now it's a, a, almost a 40-people-person company. Amazing. It's just freaking amazing. And David's an awesome, see, awesome yeah. guy. So Yeah, amazing person. Uh, so thoughtleaders.io, it's, uh, it's an amazing platform you should check out. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Till next time, be awesome. <laughs>